Hey, just a little heads up before you listen to this episode that it does contain big old spoilers for both part one and part two of our cancelled movie report. So we recommend listening to those first. But you know what? If you don't want to, I respect your rebellious spirit. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Cancelled Movie Report, first ever bonus episode. That's right, we're back to recap the movie you've just heard about. My name is Michael Campbell and I'll be your host. And joining me, as always, is actor and comedian Eden Porter. Thank you very much for having me, Cambo. Thank you for coming back, even in miniature episode form. Because here's the thing, we've just wrapped up our, our report on Halo. You've just done it. You've done a wonderful job. Thank you very much, mate. I've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that, but it's not just me. No, there's a lot of a lot of other people helping me out behind the scenes. Other people, there's a great point you brought up there, Eden, because we had special guest voice actors for our Halo project, didn't we? Yes, I went all the way to the top. That's right. I got Gus Ronald and Stephanie Ben Dixon, both just absolute superstars in the Australian video game um, world there, and they were kind enough to lend their vocal cords to bring the characters to life. So it was absolutely fantastic getting them in and them involved and that was good of them but we demanded more we demanded even more of them because we thought you know what these guys they've been working in the video game industry for so long what do they actually think of this project you've heard what we think of it we want to know their perspective as well so we had to make sure we asked them a couple of questions about that yes so we've got them back on the line in here with us um so we just wanted to have a chat and see what they thought about halo the movie Uh, so, Steph, I actually wanted to start with a question for you uh, because the urban legend of this movie is that they built a fully functional working warthog. And I believe of all of us, you're the only one that's actually ever seen this in real life. Is that true? Yeah, we um, we did a like a camper van tour of New Zealand, um, my husband and I, and we um, we visited all of the like big Lord of the Rings kind of uh, locations, Hobbiton, we did all that. And in Wellington, we went to Weta Workshop and we saw so much stuff there that they've, that they've worked on from um, District 9. And um, yeah, we saw the, the Halo Warthog just sitting there. So that was really exciting when we saw that. Isn't it sad <laughs> that that's what it's now been kind of relegated to is like in, a, in an entrance of, a, of an office. Like, oh, almost. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things from like Indiana Jones where they put it in a crate in a warehouse <laughs> and sort of sing there, and someone will eventually pull a camera up and go, oh my God, it's the warthog. Well, it's, it's just good. like, it was like, it's such a nerd's paradise in there though, because you see yeah. so many props and memorabilia and things. But then what's even more exciting is like they have like these closed doors where they're like, you don't even know what's behind there, but we're working on right now. It's going to blow your mind. And you're like, shit, what's behind the door, man? <laughs> I always love as well, whenever you go to those places, they've got a lineup of props and stuff. And there's one that I think they think people are more interested in than they are. So it'd be like, oh, here's something from Lord of the Rings in District 9. And here's something from Tintin. You remember Tintin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, that is his jumper, isn't it? How hard was it to get back in the camper van after you'd walked past the warthog and been like, oh, we have to go get back in an RV? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we had a love-hate relationship with our RV. It's, they're, they're great things, but also you do start to feel very, like, on top of each other by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> now, we absolutely loved your voice work that you did did for us guys absolutely finished. so we did want to ask um gus how did you prepare for the role of master chief uh i panicked a lot and uh i i questioned why i was asked to do the voice of a gruff uh masculine american character which is definitely not what i would think is my uh forte but i i spent a lot of time driving around in my car 
practicing a voice. So I think people would have been looking at me in the car, sitting there, like pretending I was on speakerphone, but actually sitting there going, Cortana, we need to, <coughs> Cortana, we need to leave. And I'm like, oh, this just, none of this is sticking. But um, yeah, uh, besides just trying to do an American accent that didn't suck, which I'm sure from many Australian actors or not that I'm that, 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 an actor but like it's hard to do right uh and then fortunately i actually got like uh i got a, a bit of a cold nothing too serious nothing <laughs> pandemic-esque but i uh <laughs> i got a cold which led to a pretty rough voice oh, so, so i was like oh this you. is this is perfect so i started doing all the lines and i could hit those extra kind of like tones deeper and then when I um I thought about doing the voice for the the like flood infected version of Keys, I was like, this will help a lot. So I the first thing I did one morning when I got up, you know, when you're really phlegmy and yeah. like the first words are terrible, I just went straight to the microphone and just started <laughs> like phlegming out this this version. And then I sent to safety as well, which I was a bit more like a man trapped in an alien. But I was like, I've got this gross version that I think you'll like. So uh, yeah, my preparation but, but is I got can, sick. It can never be repeated unless you infe- reinfect yourself. So that's exactly. Gonna- have to yeah. be a, a thing that's <laughs> hanging over you forever. If that isn't if that isn't method acting, I don't know what is. You being infected to play an infected person, crawling to the microphone half dead. So this is something that we find is uh, people have an idea of a project in their head, and then sometimes mm. we make people fa- uh, like face the harsh reality of what it might have actually been like. Do you think that this movie they would have pulled it off, or do you think it would have been a train wreck? Based on the script alone, I don't know that it would have been a train wreck. I just don't mm. think it would have been like I think the Warcraft movie was a, was a train wreck. I think mm. that was just like that should have just been uh, like a, a CG animated thing um, yep. completely, rather than sort of trying to make it sort of half live action. Um, it just seemed so melodramatic and lame, and just it just there was no way that they could have made it look cool, <laughs> even to even to diehard WoW fans, I think. Um, mm. But based on the script of, of, of Halo, I don't think it would have been terrible. I just don't think there was anything kind of special or exciting about it. It felt very, like, blah. It felt as well how much you guys ended up reading just this is what an action scene would have looked <laughs> like. I think it would have been, you know, 80% spectacle over dialogue because then seeing all the dialogue lines there, I was like, this is verbatim what is in the cutscenes of the game. Like, they are spot on the lines that I know off by heart by playing that campaign, like, you know, multiple times, which would do nothing for anyone who was a fan of the game, I think, once you heard, like, maybe a couple of little, like, similar lines, you'd be like, oh, that was like the game. But when this whole script, every line of dialogue was practically from it, I feel like there's just, like, nothing new for anyone who's played the game there, so therefore it has to be in all the action scenes or the set pieces. I totally agree because I think it's... um I think when you're adapting a film from a book, it's a lot easier because you're still kind of just transporting the narrative. But adapting a, um, a video game into a film is much harder because uh, while the story is important to a video game, there's so much more that's going on that, that kind of fills that experience out for people. So to just take the story and then recreate it in film, I don't think is enough. And I almost think that... Um, you know, it's a difficult thing because for fans of the game, they want to see the story they know and love in the film copied as faithfully as possible. But you're almost shooting yourself in the foot by doing that because it's never going to live up to the expectation of what people want. And for new people coming to the franchise, they're just not going to find enough there for them, I think. You kind of almost need to um, write an entirely new story within the universe and be faithful to those characters, but create something that is new for both um, lovers of the game and people that are unfamiliar with Halo. So you're kind of cherry picking the bits of the lore and the 
story that you think are worth putting in the film, but like making something completely new around it. I think that's the kind of the, the ideal scenario. So I think to your point about creating something new from something established is if you just even look at Alex Garland, who wrote the script, who then went on to write Dread, which is exactly what you're talking about. It's an established law. It still is faithful to everything that is in the Judge Dredd comic, but it, it's a completely new story. And it, it worked because they didn't have to... They went hamstrung by trying to fit in absolutely everything that everybody wanted. Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing with a lot of cinematic video games is you can look at them as a 20, 30-hour film in itself that you get to control. So if you're then just trying to compact that down into two and a half hours, it's just such a... If, if you're just copying it, it's such like a monumental task. Especially when you're dealing with sci-fi or fantasy because there's so much that you need to do in terms of world building for the audience as mm, well yeah. and you lose so much time to tell narrative because it's just like this is how the world works this is what a halo is this is the state of the universe right yeah. now that's what these what these people are and and then by the time you've kind of explained all that to people um there's very little room left for uh for story unless you want to like make a film that's you know two and a half hours plus yeah. And then two and a half hours is kind of like the amount of cutscene that is in most games. <laughs> because like a game goes for anywhere, let's say like between eight to 20 hours if you're in your like mid-range sort of AAA game. And so between those let's say 10 hours like when you when you boil down what is uh you know what is exposition in cutscene and you see it on youtube like here's the whole movie of the game with all the gameplay removed it's like two hours so it's like that's pretty much everything they then try to put into a film without any of the fun stuff that you would remember which was the gameplay so yeah i often find like to then have to distill that even further to try and make them like really poignant points of exposition with still like gameplay moments in a movie it's it's why it, yeah they've just traditionally never really worked yeah I think one franchise that I think would work really well in exactly what you're talking about, Steph, is Mass Effect. Like, take the Mass Effect universe, just come up with a cool new story, because that, uni that, that universe is awesome and amazing. Um, just do, don't worry about Shepard or anything like that. Just do something totally different and come up with your own sort of story. And that could be... I'm surprised no one's yeah, been talking about Mass Effect in that way yet. That's so true. I think I think that would work really well as a universe, and especially since so much of what people love about Mass Effect is not actually the gameplay, but um, mm. it is the story and the relationships between the characters, which I would say is kind of the opposite of Halo. I think Master Chief gets away with being a, a person who is utterly devoid of personality in the games <laughs> um, because the fact that the, the gameplay is so fun and and the the lore and the world is is really interesting. Um, I think for the movie they would have to give him more personality, um, which mm. may be frustrating for, for gamers who, who know and love Master Chief the way he is uh, because they want it to be, you know, if, if he was way more talkative or if he, you know, had a more meaningful relationship with certain characters, then they might be like, well, that's not Master Chief. I think that you would have to kind of um, accept that because to have your lead character in a movie um, just not have anything about them that is like interesting or <laughs> intriguing <laughs> or uh, charming or funny is just like okay now i'm really starting hard. to take offense as someone who's voiced this character <laughs> i feel like there's more to him than you're really bringing to the table <laughs> well i think you did a great job with the lines that you had gus i thought you brought Thanks, up, i thought you brought flair flair to the to, to old chief well <laughs> speaking of personality i think there are a few moments that they try and have some fun interplay what did everyone think of the the weird, are you talking to me, who are you talking to, bit of comedy <laughs> hijinks that they try and kind of cram in there halfway through? 
Uh, the, the one bit that didn't sound like it was from a Halo game, I guess, which was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, this was interesting because everything else is like, here's a briefing and here's how I survived and here's why your orders won't, I won't take your <laughs> orders and you won't take my orders. Like, that's the stuff we know. So, yeah, like th- that little moment in there or even like forgetting the morphine or all that sort of stuff, like they were the little splashes of personality that I, I don't think I've really experienced in the Halo s- series at all. So that's the stuff that I'm like, if there was more of that, if there were more of these oh. little adventures taking place around these characters um yeah that's the stuff i'd gravitate towards i, I so agree and i think i think you know there, there should have been so much more of that throughout the script and i think if you'd if you'd taken someone like taika watiti and put him on this project he would have made you know an amazing film because we, when you even look at the marvel universe which has been you know hugely popular in its own right there's a lot of those films that are just very dry or they're taking things like very seriously um which i understand you're dealing with the end of the world but you're also dealing with like um you know space vikings and i feel like if you take it too seriously <laughs> it's just it seems more ridiculous than if you p- kind of poke fun at the melodrama of it all a little bit so yeah. more of those moments would have been great throughout the film i think it, it does it needs humor for you to be able to understand that this guy never takes his helmet off and just kind of goes around you know as this kind of space cowboy being awesome i think the other thing that i really liked probably from the whole script is the is the um the relationship between between chief and cortana and those little intimate moments where she talks about being inside his head and if that's weird for him. And um, I, I think that's the the part of um, of the film that I wish they'd leaned like harder into because I think mm. those are the really interesting moments in, in the Halo story is the relationship between them and, and how unique that relationship is because she is a kind of an AI that lives inside his head and, and even though she is AI, she seems very human. Mm. And that's something that they've, they've expanded on in like five more games. But even then they're playing catch up to uh, like a storyline that they they weren't really aware of from the very beginning, I think. So those uh, in Halo's three, four, five, it's like, oh, it's this like, will they, won't they relationship between AI and super soldier. And it's like, it's it loses some of the like, oh, this is an interesting twist on a relationship, which I think the first film or the first story of these characters meeting, it would be the most interesting time to develop that and be like, this is something I hadn't really experienced in a narrative and maybe therefore it would have been more interesting. Again, once it goes like six games deep and they're like, he loves his hologram and she loves his master, like his, that he'll, she'll, they'll never be together. It stops being an interesting story because they've just flogged it for five games. Yeah, it becomes very Ross and Rachel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember there was um, uh, there was a Sam Raimi show uh, that was called Legend of the Seeker, which was based on the Sword of Truth novels um, by Terry Goodkind, and um, Sam Raimi did Hercules and Xena and stuff like that. So the show very much had that energy to it, and um, uh, the the main sort of conceit. I didn't read the books, but the main conceit of the kind of um, sexual tension in that is that uh, the main guy, um, the Seeker, um, is trying traveling with a woman who has this power of confession where she can kind of enslave people and to tell them her the truth. But if she ever touches him, then um, he will also become enslaved to her. So they have this longing for each other, but they can never touch. And it was this constant thing. And it was just yeah. like, at the at some point, you're just like, we need to either resolve this or like, you can't just carry it on forever. Yeah. So I feel like at some point, Cortana needs to go into someone's body and they just need to bang. Otherwise I'm gonna lose interest in that relationship. <laughs> well, have you seen the new Blade Runner? The, the, the Blade yes. Runner sequel? Yes, yeah, of course. Do- 
they do yeah. that scene. They yeah. do exactly or, that. Or in her, remember when um yeah. when Scarlett Johansson's Scarlet, sort of yeah. OS character like has the the kind of surrogate person to we, we, be we are talking body. about two of the most like actually intimate and beautiful romance scenes in a sci-fi thing. Do we think Halo fans are going to be the ones who are going to be like <laughs> Oh man, they're really getting in touch with their emotions. Yeah. It's like as Steph said, I'd be I think. surprised. I think that's what people want secretly. They might not admit it. I think that's what people want. I remember when um I was talking to a guy about a um uh, I think one of the Uncharted games that uh, I'd played in early access and I met a guy in the sc- on the street and he was this really buff dude with tattoos and he'd clearly just come from the gym and he was like, "Hey, I recognize you from that show." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." And he was like, "Have you played the new Uncharted? It's not out yet." And I was like, "Yeah, I've played it." And he goes, I just really want to know if Nate and Elena are going to get together because I'm really worried about that relationship. And I'm like, me too, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I would love a world in which a Halo fan comes out of the movie with a tear in their eye going, that love scene was beautiful. (laughs) Now, we obviously loved your voices and your voice work in it, but I was just wondering, in terms of casting, if if we were going to go back and do some dream casting, did you guys have any ideas on on who you think would, uh, would suit these roles? Gosh, it's hard not to just want to go with the voice actors because you could in the mm. in the sense that you have a you'd have a hologram s character with a probably projected voice and you've got a character that never takes its helmet off. So uh, yeah, it'd be hard to go past the original voice actors from the no, game. Y- which- you need you need to sell the film with big names. I yeah. think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This sure. is and uh, this might be the lazy comparison because there's some ties to this, but this is the problem they had with Judge Dredd. Uh, mm. You cast Sylvester Stallone And the studio's like You're showing Sylvester Stallone So you need an actor that is Big enough and respected enough But not so famous That they couldn't leave a helmet on Which I think yeah. With what they did with Dread, Carl Urban is that right level You know He's yeah. respected He's got a, good He's got chin. a big fan base <laughs> yeah. He's got a good chin, good chin But you know what If you don't see Carl Urban's face my mum doesn't know who Carl Urban is, so that's fine. She won't feel disappointed. You know what I mean? Pedro Pascal too. I know. I know. Yep. We see a little bit of yeah. him in that, but he do, he did a lot of um, a lot of great acting through a helmet, and it's just something about knowing that he's under there is enough. Yeah. You know, <laughs> in, in your heart, in your heart yeah. of hearts. Yeah. yeah, he does occasionally a little move, a little head tilt, and you're like, oh, it's him, it's Pedro. It's like I feel like maybe you no would one else need can move that their head that way. Exactly. So I guess I the think- physicality of someone for chief would be important. I don't know yeah. who I would cast as chief. I think for, uh, I've just been watching Rose Byrne in, in her new show, and I think she would make an excellent Cortana. I love Rose Byrne. Mm. I'm such a fan of hers, That's and I think one. she would she would do really well in in terms of making the character feel really um, human. Um, mm. But like, I think she would kind of inhabit the sort of uh, AI ness of her as well. I think she would she would be really great. Yeah. I think um, some some of the other characters, um, some of the other casting choices we were talking about, me and Cambo. So you've got like Guilty Spark. I think I think you'd have to go someone like Simon Pegg. Well, you're on the same level, I think, there with that like British humour as well. Yeah. I think um, Simon Pegg, uh, his autobiography is part fi- uh, part like his his real life story, and then half of it is a fake fictional book that he's writing at the same time that he interwines, uh, sorry, intersperses between it as a way to get back at the publisher. And in that <laughs> fictional story, he's a superhero with a robotic but- uh, robotic butler, and in the audiobook, he voices them all and does this amazing like yeah. psycho uh, droid voice that is like really posh and. British, but actually, like, really malicious. So yeah. I think he'd be perfect. Yeah. yeah, it'd be cool to have someone like, um, uh, like Idris Elba or something like that doing an American accent as chief. Maybe like I feel yeah. like that might not mm. be the the. Um, uh, 
people think of Idris Elba, I feel like they think of his British accent and, um, yeah. and, and that's really iconic. But I think he does a great American accent too and I could see him being a really good chief. Well, you've got The Wire. He, him in The Wire is Stringer Bell and he does an amazing... Yeah, um, pop a helmet on Stringer Bell, you're done. Yeah, because yeah, you just you need someone with gravitas. I think yeah. is the is the thing. So well, I just want to mention. So we have been taking requests this season, and this movie was requested by someone called Adrian Dillerman, uh, and he actually wrote in after the episode. Uh, both parts had come out. So well, th- this is what I love most about it is it starts with "Hello, Ian and Cambo." <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We forgive him. We, no, him. we forgive him. We forgive him. We, I, I feel like we say each other's names, Eden, way more than a regular podcast yeah, does. Yeah. It's funny to know that I obviously am not pronouncing it clearly enough. Uh, it says, this is Adrian Dillerman here, and I was the guy who suggested Peter Jackson's Halo for season two. I just listened to your second episode of the Unmade Video Game Movie, and I absolutely loved it. Everything from the stellar voice acting and incredible sound editing was pitch perfect. I really did feel like I was watching the movie unfold before my eyes. Not to mention, the hilariously entertaining banter from both of you guys as the host uh, it's made my favourite episode yet of Cancelled Movie Report though the fact that I suggested it may uh, in the first place may have earned it status by default uh, so it, it seems like our target audience was hit we got the one yeah. guy we did it guys movie made yeah. nice oh that's uh, and awesome then, and then he uh, he continues by saying he's looking forward to James Cameron's Spider-Man next week uh, but I guess you guys this is the purpose of like uh, yeah what you guys do is this is exactly enough attention and polish that this project actually required any more <laughs> and it would have been a massive failure uh, and any less it would have stayed the mystery of the best film that never got made but here we got to see it and be like oh okay moving on like yeah, that's the, kind of the, that's the kind of what that should have happened yeah takeaway from so many projects that have been built up for years and years is huh that would have been okay <laughs> yeah. but you didn't have to pay twenty dollars and walk yeah, out of a cinema yeah. going i just wasted so much time so yeah, yeah. i would sooner see a, a television series based around the destiny universe than i would see anything to do with halo Ooh. and i'm biased because i never really got into halo in a big way and i am a rabid destiny 2 fan um so obviously that's where my allegiance lies but of the worlds that bungie has created i feel like that's the way more interesting one i think the characters are more interesting you You've got a lot of voice actors from Firefly, which people already yeah. really love. Um, and uh, I just think that the lore of that universe is there's just so much more to mine from, in my opinion. I know that a lot of people won't share that opinion, but I think it would be able to, um, I think people who have no idea what Destiny is would still enjoy it just as a straight sci-fi series. And I think for Destiny fans, it would be really, really cool as well. So that would be my wish. It <laughs> is interesting that you bring up the idea of a television series because yes. what we wanted to finish on is what's happened to Halo since this movie project. Mm. Uh, so, Eden, I know you have, you have a little bit of information about where this kind of went after the movie was cancelled. Yes. So, the movie sort of moved on. We moved on from the movie. And then, um, now that all the streaming services uh, got very excited again, and it's all, all been such a big focus. So, Paramount Plus has moved forward on a live-action series with um, Microsoft and um, 343 um, Industries. They're producing it. So, that's filming. Um, they've just finished filming season one of that, and it's going to be out in 2022. And they've cool. actually cast um, Pablo Schreiber, which is the half-brother of um, Liv Schreiber, in as oh. the role of Master Chief. Yeah. yeah. So you might wow. know him from, um, he was uh, Pornstash on um, Orange is the New Black, and he was also Nick 
uh, Sabotka in The Wire, season two of The Wire. Wow. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so... And, so and I believe, if, if I remember correctly, uh, to your point, Steph, about getting people from the video game, Cortana is going to be voiced by yeah. Cortana from the video game as well. Yeah. Oh, right. So that makes sense. There is a little bit of history repeating itself here uh, because... It was going to be a movie produced by a big wig Hollywood person, Peter Jackson. And then it turned into a TV series uh, and they got on board Steven Spielberg as the producer mm. for this one as well. So they got a big wig Hollywood uh, producer. And then it, just reading through the brief timeline, uh, it was announced in 2013 that this was happening for release in 2015. <laughs> and then, as you can imagine, 2015 came and went and there was so much trouble behind the scenes that it got pushed out for release in 2019. And then you'll know that 2019 went past and there was so much drama <laughs> behind the scenes that it got pushed back for release in 2020. And of course, 2020 happened and we all know that a lot of things got delayed. But it is filming at the moment. They mm. have the showrunners. I just want to, for transparency, this episode is being released on June 28, 2021. And... There's a news article from June 25th, 2021, so just a few days ago, mm -hmm. uh, from Variety. And the Halo showrunners have quit the show. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but it finished Man. filming, right? So they quit yeah, because yes. they're done. And yeah. they're so happy with it. They're like, we, we just, yeah, we're done with it. They wrap filming and they said, we will not return for season two of this show. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. right. So they're not, they're not stoked with what's, at, with what's yeah, going out there. So no. The curse continues. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Amazing. So can we come back and revoice the uh, either failed season <laughs> unmade, one yeah. or the unmade season two? Because <laughs> yeah, I'll have heaps more time to, to either like work on my voice or get sick again. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, obviously, most people have come because you guys were involved in this show. But... For the one to two people that were the opposite way and they want to see more of you guys, uh, where will they find you? Um, I'm uh, Hex Steph on everything, so at Hex Steph, and uh, we um, work in the games industry a lot, so we make a video game uh, variety show called Back Pocket, um, where we discuss all things gaming and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and that's streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash back underscore pocket. Yeah, uh, and I'm at Goosemangus, and uh, yeah, you can find all the stuff we do as Backpocket by going to backpocket.gg. We do like heaps of game streams, but we also do like gaming news, and we talk about all sorts of things that happen. So if you know, this will probably come up in the news, and we'll probably talk about the Halo showrunners having just quit because it was that good. So uh, a little bit of cross pollination there, but yeah. I also recently discovered the uh, the the Pocket Watch podcast as well, which has been really good. I've been listening to some episodes of that. So I feel like there'll be a lot of cross-pollination between people that are interested in these movie projects in that podcast too. Totally. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for coming in. been such a pleasure chatting to you guys again. Um, and, uh, yeah, all the best and uh, great chatting. Can I just Yay. say, uh, Cambo and Ian, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>